Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Acts. Today is episode 232, looking at Acts chapter 7, verses 44 through 50. Stephen has been accused of speaking out against God and against the law and has been arrested, brought before the Sanhedrin, the ruling council. False witnesses came up and gave false testimony that Stephen's been blaspheming against God and the temple, against Moses and the law, encouraging people to not follow the customs that Moses had given. The high priest asked, are these things true? And Stephen gives his defense. And his defense is a narration through the history of Israel. And his points in all of this are that the people of God are really supposed to be a pilgrim people, uh, people on the move, not tied to a specific place because they're following God versus just sitting around being happy. And that historically, the people of Israel have rejected the people that God has sent, have rejected the leaders that God has sent, have rejected the saviors that God has sent. Uh, He began talking about the promises to Abraham of the promised land, the the deliverance through Joseph, and then the deliverance through Moses. Then he started showing how the people had actually rejected Moses and turned away from Moses. And even as Moses led them in the wilderness, they began the rumblings that would eventually result in the captivity by Babylon. And that was uh, forecast by the, the prophet Amos, who said it all started back in the wilderness with the golden calf incident. So let's pick it up. Now we're in Acts chapter 7, verses 44 through 50. Our ancestors had the tabernacle of the testimony in the wilderness, just as he who spoke to Moses commanded him to make it according to the pattern he had seen. Our ancestors in turn received it, and with Joshua brought it in when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before them until the days of David. He found favor in God's sight and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. It was Solomon, rather, who built him a house. But the Most High does not dwell in sanctuaries made with hands, as the prophet says, Heaven is my throne and the earth my footstool. What sort of house will you build for me, says the Lord, or what will be my resting place? Did not my hand make all these things? So he's continuing the uh, narration of the apostasy, that is the turning away from God, of the people of Israel. And he brings up the idea of the tabernacle. They had the tabernacle, which was given to them by God. God said, build the tabernacle. God gave them very detailed instructions on how to build the tabernacle, the dimensions and how it was to be used. And so they built the tabernacle, and the tabernacle was the place where Moses would meet God. It was the place where the the Ark of the Covenant was kept. And so it became the symbol of God meeting with the people. But it wasn't the tabernacle that was such a great thing. It was that God met the people was a great thing. And they used the tabernacle for that purpose. And so even though they had the tabernacle, how was it that the people drifted away? Well, they did what people do. So he recounts that uh, our ancestors had the tabernacle of the testimony in the wilderness, just as he who spoke to Moses commanded him to make it according to the pattern he had seen. 
he's reciting that Moses was given the exact details of the tabernacle and how to make it. Then verse 45, our ancestors in turn received it and with Joshua brought it in when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before them until the days of David. So Moses passed away just before they entered the promised land. Joshua led the people into the promised land. They brought the tabernacle with them, and part of what was with the tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant, and it was carried before them. And the the Ark of the Covenant was the the symbol of God's presence. It was the the container that held the the tablets that Moses had brought down from Mount Sinai, the the law. So the, the tabernacle, the Ark, they were all symbols The danger with symbols is, though, they could replace what they're supposed to symbolize. And so they had the the tabernacle, which is where the ark was kept, right up until the time of, well, up through the time of David. Verse 46, he found favor in God's sight and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. So David was very successful as king and became very wealthy and built an incredible palace for himself. And his concern was, because he loved the Lord, that here he has this incredible palace, but the Ark of the Covenant is in this, well, mobile tent. And he says, I want to make a big fancy temple for it. And God says, no, no, you've been a man of war, uh, but I'll allow your son Solomon to do that. So verse 47, it was Solomon, rather, who built him a house. And here we get into... uh, well, just kind of the, the definitions of what the tabernacle is. Is it a house where God lives, or is it a place where people go to worship? Verse 48, but the Most High does not dwell in sanctuaries made with hands. This uh, brings up a, a point even Solomon made. Solomon built the temple. Solomon loved the Lord. Solomon was incredibly wise. Solomon was very successful as the king of God's people. But in Solomon's dedication prayer for the temple in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 27, he says, But will God indeed live on earth? Even heaven, the highest heaven, cannot contain you, much less this temple I have built. So even in Solomon's prayer, he's acknowledging that this temple is not a container for God. It's a place for the people to come to worship God. And that's, well, Steve is making the point, there's kind of a shift here from the the days of we're ready to be on the move with the tabernacle, but we're fixed in place with the temple. So verse 48, it says, as the prophet says, verse 49, heaven is my throne and the earth my footstool. What sort of house would you build for me, says the Lord, or what would be my resting place? Did not my hand make all these things? He's quoting from Isaiah 66 here, where God is speaking, declaring his sovereignty over all creation. He doesn't live in a temple. He doesn't live in a, he doesn't live on earth. He is beyond that. He is the creator of earth. So Stephen is, well, he seems to really be criticizing the temple. And that's one of the accusations is he's blaspheming against the temple. But notice they said blaspheming against the temple and God. And that's that linkage there. To, to blaspheme against the temple, to speak against the temple, is to speak against God. Because the temple is the place where God is. Well, no, the temple is not where God is. The temple is the place where people go to worship God and to present sacrifices to the Lord. 
even modern day uh, historians, some look back and say the temple was a not really necessarily a good thing for the Israelites, uh, much like the king. They wanted a king, and God had said, I will be your king. But they said, everybody else has a king. Why can't we have a king? And uh, Samuel was the prophet at the time, and he spoke to God about it and said, uh, well, they want a king. They're rejecting you. And God says, well, yeah, they are. Um, but don't don't fret, Sam, Samuel. They're, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. But I will give them a king. That's what they want. And so often God does give us what we want versus what we need. And that's where we often get into trouble. And the, having a king wasn't necessarily a good thing for them. Just like having the temple. They, they wanted a temple. God said, okay, you can have a temple. But the temple became a replacement for God. But it's not just the temple. It's always the case. Back in First Samuel, even when Samuel was alive and Eli was the prophet, this is before Samuel became the prophet, the Ark of the Covenant was in Shiloh. The Israelites were continually battling the Philistines and they went out and battled the Philistines and lost pretty handily. And they said, well, the problem is we don't have the Ark of the Covenant here. Go get the Ark of the Covenant. We'll bring that here. And there's no way we can lose a battle with the Ark of the Covenant here. And it was because the Ark of the Covenant was their good luck charm. It wasn't because anything to do with God. It's, well, God can't allow anything to happen to us with the Ark here. And so they brought the Ark of the Covenant. And the Philistines defeated them rather soundly and captured the Ark of the Covenant. Well, God didn't allow them to keep it and cause them to bring it back to Israel. But the point there was they their confidence was not in God. Their confidence was in the ark. And Stephen's criticizing the, the people here at the Sanhedrin because their confidence really isn't in God. It's in the temple. And they've so perverted the temple and what it was really meant to be. It was really meant to be a place of worship. Jesus criticized them and said, my house would be a house of prayer, not a den of thieves. And and so the, the temple was a place for, for making money. The temple was a place for conducting business. The temple was everything but the place of worship. And his criticism is that they have substituted the temple for God. Going along with this theme of you people keep turning away from God. And he's leading up to the point where the, the final rejection is the rejection of the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus Christ, whom God has sent. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the book of Acts.